Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. There's been a question of why it took so long for National Guard troops to get to the Capitol building and defend the Capitol. A new memo from a former DC National Guard official accusing two senior army leaders of lying to Congress. Now calling two generals, quote, absolute liars. These are very, very, very serious accusations being leveled. So I got this memo from a source. This is political correspondent Meredith McGraw. And immediately I went to Betsy Woodruff Swan. She's a great reporter here at Politico and has been doing a lot of great work on January 6th. And I asked her to help me go through it and report it out. And the it here is a memo by Colonel Earl Matthews a former D.C. National Guard official, and it's one of the newest salvos in the ongoing investigation by the Capitol Riot Committee. It really was a head-spinning memo. If you read it, there are a lot of details in there about the exact times when certain calls were made or who was in the room, and so you really had to pay attention to detail to report out exactly what he is trying to level and say in this memo. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. And on the show today, Meredith McGraw digs into the latest developments around the Capitol Riot Committee, including the allegations in Colonel Earl Matthews' memo. Pretty eye-popping stuff, truly. And recent news that Mark Short, Mike Pence's former chief of staff, will cooperate with the committee. But first, the memo. I feel like only in like office space in Washington, D.C. do memos like carry such weight. This memo really was explosive. It's 36 pages long. It's incredibly dense. And it's written by a former National Guard official who was with the commanding general of the D.C. National Guard throughout all of the events that transpired on January 6th. And he levels some pretty serious accusations. For one, he accuses two of the top army generals of lying when they testified in front of Congress earlier this year about the events that transpired that day and decisions that Mm -hmm. were made. He claims that the Defense Department's Inspector General report is riddled with errors and inaccuracies. And he also claims that there is another army report that's out there that makes some false claims that the IG report was based on that he compared to North Korea propaganda. So these are all very serious accusations that this colonel, Colonel Earl Matthews, who I will note also held pretty high-ranking positions in the Trump administration and the Defense Department, is leveling against these generals and against these reports that have come out in the wake of January 6th. And can you describe a little bit more about the crux of this? It seems to me that a lot of what Colonel Matthews wanted to put on record was that the D.C. Guard felt a bit like sitting ducks, that they wanted to respond sooner and could have responded sooner, but that there were a couple of army officials telling them not to. Right. There's been a lot of back and forth over decisions that were made on that day and when the National Guard was actually deployed, which was later on in that afternoon. But um, what Matthews is saying in this memo is that they were eager and excited and willing to get up to the Hill and to start doing their job, but that they were prevented and they were slow rolled 
during the day. He takes particular issue with a 2.30 p.m. conference call that had some top law enforcement officials and senior military officials, um, including the National Guard commanding general and Matthews himself. And as the rioters were breaching the Capitol, he claims that two of these top generals opposed the move of sending National Guards um, guardsmen up to the Hill. And he also says that there were concerns over the optics of sending the National Guard. And both of those things are contrary to what those generals testified on the Hill. But it really speaks to a lot of the frustrations that um, some of the National Guard had that day, that they wanted to get up there and they wanted to start uh, doing their work, but they claimed that there were all of these things that got in the way of them doing their job. Mm. Another fascinating little detail in this cast of characters is that General Charles Flynn is the brother of retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Definitely some interesting family dynamics. <laughs> and uh, General Charles Flynn, I will say, he is obviously a, a top general in the Army. He's currently um, in charge of the Pacific Command based in Hawaii, which is very high-ranking job. But I will note that in this memo, Matthews does not make any reference to Michael Flynn or say that his relationship with his brother played any role in the way Charles Flynn responded that day. So while they are brothers and while they do have that connection, that wasn't something that was brought up or discussed in this memo as playing any role with Charles Flynn's decision-making. Another big piece of news this week is about Mark Short. One of former Vice President Mike Pence's closest advisors and his former chief of staff is cooperating with the January 6th committee. Which feels like a pretty big deal, yeah? It definitely is. Um, Mark Short was around throughout the Trump uh, White House. He was the chief of staff to Vice President Mike Pence. He's currently, he remains one of Pence's closest advisors now, and he was a, a firsthand witness to a lot of what happened on January 6th. He was with Pence, and he could provide the committee with some pretty um, uh, interesting details, I'm sure, about how the vice president handled that day and how the White House was handling everything that happened. So certainly having the cooperation of Mark Short is going to be a really important development for the committee's investigation, especially as they've been slow rolled by um, some of the other top administration officials who have refused to cooperate or give any sort of information or input to the committee. On Team Pence, does it extend beyond Mark Short in terms of cooperation? It's been reported that Alyssa Farah, she's cooperating. She wasn't on Vice President Pence's team, but she did serve the, the vice president earlier in her career in the, in the White House before she came over to run comms for the White House. So um, there's definitely a pattern there. Of course, Trump and Pence have parted ways since everything happened. Pence continues to say nice things about Trump publicly, but it's very clear that the two have no future together, at least politically. What do you think the most politically significant part of this story is? That's a good question. You know, I think it's been fascinating to watch how some of these figures have responded to these subpoenas from the committee and who's decided to cooperate and who hasn't. 
Um, this really is a significant development, though, with Mark Short, because he was so close to everything that happened that day. And he knew everybody in the White House um, very well, just from, from working with him so closely all those years. So I'm sure he'll have some uh, very interesting insight to share. So I'm curious for who you think is paying attention to the findings of the Capitol Riot Committee. There are just two Republicans on the nine-person committee, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, and it seems like a lot of Republican strategy is mostly ignoring it. Well, it seems like most of the Republican Party has moved on from January 6th. There is an interest to, of course, get the record straight. Um, Colonel Earl Matthews, who wrote this memo, he served in the Republican administration, and really he is focused on trying to get at least his um, accounts of what happened that day out to the public and make sure that that squares with whatever is in the record for history's sake, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, January 6th on a whole, while it's been ignored by the party, they have said that they want to move on and focus on the future. You know, so much of the, the party's focus, too, at the moment is on things like election integrity, election fraud, issues that were very motivating to the very people that breached the Capitol that day. Meredith McGraw, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Also today, a suspect in the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi has been arrested in Paris. And Judge Carl Nichols has set Steve Bannon's trial date. It will be on July 18th, on criminal charges that he defied a subpoena from the House Committee exploring the causes of the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.